boom, boom, boom. Hello and welcome to the Big 5-0. It's our 50th podcast. Um, I'm Ian, as always. I am joined by... I'm Mike. Um, we are FDT TV, and we have done 50 episodes of talking nonsense about football. So if you've been along the ride for us, fantastic. If you've just joined us, then even better. Make sure you've pressed that subscribe button. We are here every week with a podcast, and we are also turning out other videos and as lockdown starts to get eased we will have even more content for you which is fantastic um it's a big week not only for us being the big 5-0 mike but our two teams played each other um, yep and it was a very jekyll and hyde performance from both sides yeah well, it was um west ham dominated dominated the first 30 minutes um and uh, and then I don't really know what happened. It, it, it all went. It all went. <laughs> I do. Yeah, that I sent that message at three 0 That's yeah. That's that's what happened. That is what happened. And, and I can imagine you sitting there going, "Fucking bastard!" I, honestly, my phone nearly got launched. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, definitely. Well, I, I think I called it in the in a podcast last week, and yep. I think I said it in my preview that it was either going to be uh, a West Ham domination, an Arsenal domination, or it's going to be one uh, a game of two halves. Mm -hmm. I think is what I actually said, um, and I did call it. I said that we're normally slow to start off, and then we'll come back into it in the second half. But I think for for both clubs. Um, it was it was just a massive capitulation on, on in both in both sides of it, wasn't it? Yeah. So for for the first half, we were, or for the first thirty five minutes ish, we just didn't we didn't know how to deal with you guys. And it was as I think you mentioned in your preview, if you guys come out and press us, we ain't going to know what what to do. Yeah. And that's exactly what you did. Um, once the the third goal went in, I, I think the players sensed. The fire coming out of Mikel Arteta's ears, blood dripping from his nose, um, just the general anger, and then all of a sudden we decided that we wanted to play. There, uh, there was a crazy game. A key challenge within that, though, which I'll, we'll come on to in a bit. But I think to start off with, we should recap on points because that's going to be a very quick one. Not only because we've got an international break coming up, so it's not really worth continuing because most of these have been off of uh, the Premier League, but but. Did either of us gain any points at the weekend? Especially well, because it was double bubble. Double points. Yeah, exactly. So there was double points on it. Uh, you went for 2-1 Arsenal. I went for 2-1. No, you went 2-1 West Ham. I went 2-1 Arsenal. And it finished 3-3. Three, three, so no five points. 5-1. It wasn't, it wasn't free all. <laughs> but, but I beg to differ, mate. It's, Don't make me play that thing is I almost I almost went 2 all. That's the frustrating thing. I was very tempted, but hey ho. But that, don't always that it, as do it stands, as it stands, the scores are unchanged, my good friend. So I am currently still winning, only by the finest of margins still. So it's 48-45. So you could have, or either of us, we could have extended the lead or... Well, hey, mate, it's close. It's close. Well, yeah. But that leads us on to, very nicely, uh, to... <laughs> Of the week. That was making my teeth chatter a little bit. 
That was a good oh, one. So we've already got the poll up and running. I think it's only going to be open for like 24 hours. So by the time you've heard this, get straight on vote. It's on Twitter uh, at ENFT FDT or at Michael Hawes 85. Both of those are in the description. They're also below us if you're watching on YouTube. Um, free goals. Do you want to give us the rundown of the goals, Mike? Yeah, sure. So the goals, uh, there wasn't really that many good goals again this week. Um, it was a bit of a, a damp squib yet again. Uh, but we have three goals in contention for this week. Uh, Chossard for uh, Brighton versus Newcastle. Super goal, similar to the goal we scored last week. Ex-Arsenal, wonderfully. Shouldn't have let him go. Danny Welbeck, um, he's hit a bit of a good form since he's been at Brighton, which I'm really pleased for him about because he had a bit of a, a crap time towards the end of his Arsenal career. Uh, also, whilst he was at Watford or Watford. He was at Watford, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but has come up with uh, a few good goals this year and especially one against Newcastle as well. So that's number two. And to be honest, I th as soon as this goal was scored yesterday, I thought there isn't going to be any other goals that could contend with it. But Jesse Lingard, his uh, goal against us was an absolute belter. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, as Ian said, make sure you head over to our Twitter pages. Uh, we have got links to the poll. Make sure you get involved and uh, we'll announce the winner next week. Yep, very good. I can't remember even if we had one last week. I want to say we did, but... My memory is not the best. I'm 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 a little bit hazy as well. If I'm being honest, I think we did have one, but who knows? Who knows? Uh, right. So moving on from <clears> goal <throat> of the week because we can't remember. So there's no point. There's no point uh, crying about it. That moves us on to one good, one bad. And as we both had the same <laughs> team or the same thing. Um, it's going to be quite a, an interesting one to see what we think. Um, so being as I was a home team, I'll go yep. first. Go for it. That makes sense. Right. My one good for this game is for the first half an hour, we dominated and we wasn't scared to attack a so-called big six club. Let's changed our tactics. And that was my one good. My one bad isn't actually anything to do with the team. The officiating was fucking awful. Um, that's my one bad. And I never want to see John Moss referee a football game ever again. And that's my one bad. Ruined the game for me. Because, oh, well, let, before I go on a rant, I'll let you do your one good, one bad. I think there's only. I kind of want you to go off on your rent now. No, go on. I'll I'll okay. I'll, I'll suppress it and, and be like a ticking time bomb. <laughs> okay. Um, my one. I'll, I'm going to start with the bad. Uh, <clears throat> for this particular thing, and I'm going to say the first thirty minutes summed up in general, uh, was absolutely terrible. It's the worst I've seen us play for. I don't even know how long. I kept giving the ball away. Uh, couldn't make any decent passes well any sequence of passes shall we say um <clears throat> just invited you on to us needless needless goals to give away schoolboy errors couldn't defend for for toffee um it just the worst performance i think I've, I've watched arsenal play in a long long time uh my one good 
was the next 60 minutes. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, I don't know what happened, as I said, uh, just as we were talking about it just a minute ago. I think the players realised that they had let themselves down and Lacazette come out and summed it up at the um, in his post-match press conference and said that they didn't respect Mikel Arteta's game plan. So I think that's very open and honest of a player to come out and say, yeah, we weren't, we weren't listening to the manager at that particular point. And I think they, but based on possibly based on recent results, thought that this could be a, a comfortable game, Mm. but my God, was it far from it? And I think we just lacked any respect for West Ham considering how well that West Ham have done this season. And I, I would be, if I was the manager, there would be players getting dropped after that game. Cause I think there are players waiting in the wings that, deserve a chance in the team much more than certain players so yeah um <clears throat> but one, one oh sorry two standout mentions for me cool. um Callum Chambers hasn't really played a lot of football recently come in and absolutely smashed that game yep. I thought he was uh he defended really well uh got back but also provided I think um some good crosses into the box and yeah, I, th- I thought it was absolutely outstanding. As and again, one of these players that I think uh, could certainly knock a certain someone off their um, off their perch. Uh, yeah, uh, in future games. In fairness, I, I think <clears throat> we'll get into a bit more of a, a detailed match recap now. I suppose a um, couple of players that did impress me for Arsenal. Odegaard sort of made me eat my hat a little bit. Was was good. Uh, did drive forward. Um, and I, I said last week about he's, I, I don't feel he's as tenacious as a Smith Rowe, but he, he did. He was calm on the ball, played the right balls. His his awareness is unbelievable. Um, and then it's, it sounds strange. It's, it reminds me a little bit of Theo Walcott, um, of that player who you expect to be a lot older than he is because he's been his name's been around for so long. Um, yeah. Uh, he's, I think he's. I want to say he's under twenty still. He might be over twenty. Now. I think he's twenty-two. Twenty-two. But even so, that's that's a ridiculously young player. But he's he sort of cropped up when he was fifteen, didn't he? So mm. it feels like he's been around for for ages. Um, but yeah, he he. I think made a difference for you. Lacazette, I thought was phenomenal. Um, wasn't getting much, uh, many balls into him, but kept going. Tierney um, had a bit of a quiet first half, but the second half really come alive. Um, and yeah, Chambers, I think, it was, had a solid performance, especially because he hadn't started that much. Um, but here's the thing, right? I think you hit the nail on the head there that they, with not respecting the manager's game plan, I think the players fought differently to the manager because um, when West Ham have played big six clubs, and that would be Arsenal being one of them. We've we've set up really defensively and tried to mm-hmm. like counter and been very nervous. Where this one, where there was such uproar when we played Liverpool, Manchester United games that we should have um, gone gone at the teams. I think the players thought that was what was going to happen, but mm. it didn't. Uh, David Moyes has changed his format um, to play like we play against some of the smaller teams, and yeah, and uh, we come at you. The fact that the change for me come from when Abamyang and Saka swapped over to their, their respective wings and you started hitting balls over the top and having a running race with Aaron Cresswell. And I think I messaged you this. Is 
from the start, that would have been my plan. Saka versus Aaron Cresswell. Actually, who's got the legs? Well, Saka has. Who's got the speed? Saka has. I'm not saying Cresswell wouldn't win some of them, but 9 out of 10, Saka's winning 8 of those races. Mm -hmm. By the time 70 minutes comes and Cresswell is blowing, bring on Pepe. Right, fresh set of legs really quick. Just keep banging them over the top. And as soon as you started doing that sort of thing, he was winning the balls, putting balls in the box every time. Mm. And it, I don't know why you didn't start like that. I just, I really no, don't. I, I, and I, I completely agree with you. And uh, this was something that was also mentioned um, on the uh, on the match coverage that, where they said that they couldn't understand why they why Arsenal had set up in that way in the first place. Personally. I've I've seen enough now uh, in recent weeks to possibly strip Aubameyang of his cap captaincy, and I say this with the the deepest respect because I mean the, the, the guy has has been absolutely instrumental in our seasons the last few years. Obviously, I think single handedly won us uh, the FA Cup last year with uh, with the goals that he scored. However. Personally, I think it might be weighing down on him a little bit too much. We have seen the likes recently of former captains, Granit Xhaka. We see what pressure it, it does have on the team. And I think when you're struggling to find your best form, you don't need the additional pressure of the captaincy on top of you. And personally, I think when you start seeing a player throwing his arms around in frustration, I get that he wants to get involved in the game. But I've, I've seen. I've seen it too often recently where he kind of makes a charge at the ball and um, if he gets into the box and no one passes to him, the arms start flinging around in frustration and that's not what you want to see from a leader. You want to see someone that's passionate about the, the team's performance as opposed to the, your individual performance. Yes. And I think there's there are some players potentially that could take on that, uh, that baton. Um, Kieran Tierney, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. I think he's he's a future Arsenal captain. Obviously, depending on uh, whether he stays or goes or not, he's just been made captain of Norway, but Martin Erdegaard could be a potential captain. Apparently, he is quite vocal and stuff within training sessions, and he uh, has that leadership qualities, apparently. And I think if you're being made the uh, the captain of your, your country at such a age. I think that speaks volumes as well. Mm -hmm. Personally, Granit Xhaka, I think as well, as deserving of, of winning the captaincy back. Um, <clears throat> Alex Lacazette, I don't think, has enough game time in order to warrant being the captain. He works like an absolute trooper. I've been saying this for weeks, and I've been getting so frustrated where he hasn't been playing. However, um, it I think after Aubameyang come off, he was then the captain. But I don't. I just. I can't see him being a captain. David Luiz possibly another captain as well, um, just because of his experience and his leadership qualities as well. So there, there are options. But I think personally, Aubameyang needs to be dropped for a, a couple of games. I know we have got the international break, so that this couple of weeks might give him a bit of a, a chance to clear his head. But for me, just recently. Uh, obviously, he got left out of the North London derby, which was a massive call from the manager. Was crap against Olympiacos and was crap against West Ham. Yeah. And but I think I think our style of football as well has been completely different. And I don't understand when <clears throat> you look at the, the the style of football that we've played over the last couple of seasons. We've been playing nice ticky tacky football, 
uh, playing out from the back. Sometimes, obviously, we get caught out from it, but there are other times that we um, can outplay any team that we come up against. But we just seem to be doing this running down the running down the wings, crossing in a box, and Aubameyang's not that player. He's really not that player. He can't he can't hold the ball up. Lacazette is definitely the, your target man. Hold it up, spray the ball out, and he's got a shot on him. But Aubameyang's not that player. Yeah, I mean, I I I, I do. I, I'm glad you brought that up actually about stripping him of the captaincy because that's that's a question I was going to ask you. D- does he deserve to do it? Because he looks like a player who he's got, has got his last big deal, and he's now he's now set his eyes on retirement. He, he doesn't need to work hard. He's got he's worked hard to where he needs to get, and now he's down tools. Sorry, pardon me. Um, the the other point I had to raise about Abamyang is, is you see Arteta likes to play out from the back, similar to Jurgen Klopp. Um, likes a, a a decent press, maybe not as high as what Liverpool do. Um. But, but say, certainly likes to press and be on the front foot, much like Guardiola does and Klopp does. Aubameyang has played for a number of years under Jürgen Klopp, whose style hasn't changed. So, so do you think he sh- this shouldn't be a shock to him? It should be almost second nature to go, this is how I wanted to play anyway, because this is, this is how my name got known, by playing in this sort of high-press style. Do you know, I, I, I do agree with what you're saying. It shouldn't shouldn't be a shock however there's something in my mind obviously i don't know what's going on in the club um i don't know what's going on with individuals but there is something not right about abamyang there is something not right about him it just doesn't seem well he he, he... i don't want to i don't want to say that he doesn't care about his performances but it just it just feels like there's a lot of pressure on him um and he just doesn't look like he's enjoying it i mean you see the the training photos and all that sort of stuff, and Arsenal, are, the Arsenal media team, are fucking useless. Excuse my language. Um, in terms of, oh look, a smiles from Aubameyang today, blah 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 blah. And I don't care. I want to see that sort of energy, that sort of um, joyness to his playing whilst he's playing a match. And I'm I'm sorry, we're just not seeing it at the moment. Yeah, and and so I think we both appreciate that confidence breeds confidence. Um, mm. And say once it, when you see players who are in a bit of a purple patch, they they do exceed. Jesse Lingard, I like to see pictures of him smiling training because we're playing well and our position in the table. If we were sitting uh, similarly, your expectations for the beginning of the season were we need to be challenging top six minimum, um, top four ideally, but top six minimum. You're sitting yep. tenth, a, a fair way off now. Um, mm-hmm. Why are you smiling in training? Why are you having a laugh and a joke? That's that's not acceptable. You need to be grafting to get back to where you are. And, and I don't want to see people smiling, having a, having a laugh and a joke. I want to see them working fucking hard to do yep. where they need to be where they need to be. And mm-hmm. I, I've got no like I wouldn't have to second guess the fact that Arteta is is getting them to work hard. And, and and training them properly and, and doing that. Guardiola said he was the best coach he's ever seen. So, in fact, in terms of coaching the players, I, I've got no queries at all that, that that would be happening. But to, as you said, to see him laughing and joking, smiling in pictures, maybe the best thing to do to him is to drop him. Like you're, not, you're not even in a team for, for the next three games. You, need to, you well, still need to turn up to the stadiums because you're, you're part of the squad. 
and you need to watch all the games, but you ain't playing until you start sort yourself out. And, and by that point, mm-hmm. he's maybe out of the spotlight a little bit more. I know he's the club captain, so that makes it a little bit more difficult. How much power has he got in the dressing room over other players? But actually, sit him out, come back in in three in three games time. You've had you've had a complete rest, so your body should be in prime condition. Right now, let's go and rinse a couple of couple of goals in the next game. Mm. I, I do think you might be right with that. Yeah, I, 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 like I said, I. When you see the the performances that he's had as of late, I know at one point he was like seven goals in seven games or eight goals in seven games, whatever it was, um, a, a few games ago. But if, when you just look at his performances the whole season, you see the likes of Hector Bellerin get dropped because he's having poor performances. Uh, Cedric Suarez, I know he was covering at left back whilst you had Kieran Tierney, so he was kind of having to feel their position, but he gets dropped. Pablo Mari gets dropped. David Luiz has been dropped. Um, El Nenny gets dropped. Sabayas gets dropped. And I get that he's the captain. And like, like I said, I, I absolutely love this guy. I think he's he, he can be the life and soul of Arsenal Football Club. However, this season... Uh, maybe it's just because of how, we're, how well he performed in his first two and a half years with us. Um, just absolutely hit the ground running score was nearly nearly or equal to the quickest 50 50 premier league goals at arsenal football club um it just but it just doesn't seem on the ball at all this year and it could it could be that the the missing of the fans i was about to say that and it it could be something as really simple as that and i and i know obviously that um that this may seem a little bit controversial in what i'm saying but obviously people we have reacted to this pandemic differently obviously we're we're we have got difficulties in seeing friends family um work colleagues and stuff like that we're all kind of like cooped up at home unless you have to go into the office or whatever whereas these people they're seeing um the same people day in day out um which i suppose is more of a uh, sorry, more of a a benefit to them because they're getting other interactions um, in terms of who they're seeing. However, their their profession, or they've been told to kind of shut up and get on with it mm-hmm. because that's their profession. Obviously, it's something for us to enjoy, but we, oh, I don't think that they've had the opportunity to express possibly how they're feeling, how the the um, the 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 pandemics hit them because they're still having to kind of provide us with their enjoyment um in terms of playing week in week out yeah so, and it, it could be that it's taking its toll on people and they need they they need the crowds to thrive and i hope that come um i think it was july when we're at our 10,000 pounds or whatever it is back into uh, back into the stands that that's going to be a, ma- a massive difference for him or for, for any players that are suffering in, in all honesty yeah uh, I, I do think that that um shock of having the fans back and being on your back when you are playing band free here's the thing right you guys are screwed <laughs> we are I, I, i'm not i think you're right um but but three nil up at home against arsenal with West Ham fans in there, 
you are not getting back into that game because they're going to be booing you. There's going to be all A's going. You're not getting back into that game. Uh, no. And that does make the difference. When we score two own goals, then it very quickly turns and, and the West Ham players would have been, I think there would have been a riot, if mm. I'm honest. Um, the biggest factor, uh, I think, in this in this game, for both sides, um, as I said earlier, and I'm, this is where my rant is going to come out, John Moss, I, if you'd asked me before the game, right, if you'd asked me my opinion on him, I would have said he's the worst referee in the Premier League. Um, he's done nothing to change my mind, and the decisions were horrendous that affected both sides. So we said beforehand, and I say we was messaging throughout the game, but the second goal for West Ham, that, that cheeky quick free kick, why wasn't that pulled back? And I, I know a lot of West Ham fans will jump on me for this game, well, you shouldn't get, you shouldn't be saying things like that. He, he he was going to go and draw the line on and go to take a direct free kick. He had the spray in his hand. It's un, it's undeniable. The pictures are there. Um, the fact that I, I do think if you give away a foul, defend one defender should stand on the ball um, until the ref makes you move away to stop that happening. Mm -hmm. But it should it should have been pulled back because no one was ready for it. The whistle hadn't gone to say go go like start the game, restart the game. He'd blown the whistle. And as we say, you've got to play to the whistle. Well, the whistle had already gone. It hadn't re-gone. Re so, in my opinion, should have been brought back. Similarly, your second goal. Well, our uh, uh, fifth goal. Your second goal. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, West Ham had possession. There was a tackle. You got a free kick. Took it quick. Uh, and yes, it was it was a known goal. There's, there's no denying that. You can't do anything about that. If, if, it, if Dawson hadn't put in his own net, in an attempt to clear it, it would have fallen to a Bamiang who would have scored. Um, so it's one of those, it's harsh, especially being a second game in a row that he scored one. But mm. it's one of those things. If he hadn't... <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> last time. Last time, I promise. Um, but, he, but every time they were... Like, here's, here's how bad it was. Both... I, I, I don't want to say both managers. David Moyes got told off at the sidelines up for asking what VAR was for because he ain't, he clearly doesn't know what he's looking at. Um, lots and lots of pundits said how awful it was. Every neutral fan in the country said how bad he was. A uh, lot of ex-professionals were saying how bad it was. West Ham fans were fuming. But every tackle that went to ground, doesn't matter if they got the ball or not, free kick. Every time someone went near each other, free kick. But mm. when there was an advantage to be played, no advantage. Brought, bring it back. Um, Paddy Power was rinsing him for how bad a performance he is. Yet there is no repercussion for him for being that bad. If you perform that badly at your job, I guarantee you any other job in the world, you would not be in a job the next day. You would mm. be sacked on the spot. Yet... Come next next round of Premier League games, it will be in there making the same mistakes, causing the same problems. And if he if he hadn't have been refing that game, I think West Ham would have still won it. I think we would have kept that lead as as well as as much as we capitulated and as well as you did. There was a lot of those decisions that did help. There was more that went against us than went for us. 
Um, I'm not saying we didn't. There wasn't any that went for us because there was. There was some some tackles from Arsenal players that weren't fouls that were blown up as fouls, and it was like, well, what what for? Mm. Um, and I just it ruins the game for me. It ruins the game. VAR didn't get involved at all. Apparently they checked stuff, but I don't believe they did. Um, much like um, here's the thing. Do you remember the goal for West West Brom against Brighton, the free kick that got cancelled? Uh, got cancelled. Yes. Brighton, Brighton against West Brom. I can't remember which way around. Yes. Yeah. It got pulled back because the whistle hadn't gone. There was already yep. everyone was ready for it to go, but he hadn't blown the whistle yet. Right, Jesse, yep. Jesse Lingard, quite rightly, full stop, goes and kicks it, takes a chance. Worst that's going to happen, it's going to get pulled back. VAR didn't pull it back like it did the other one. Yet everyone was ready in the other one. No one was ready in this one. Hmm. It does also prove prove me right, though, because Jared Bowen, near post, pokes it in, yeah? What way was it to burn Leno? Mate, I think all three of your goals. It was to his left. He can't fucking dive left. Do you know what? I've, like I said, it, I swear it was three of your goals. Jesse Lingard is an absolute outstanding worldie of a, a volley. Was yep. <clears throat> left hand side. Uh, that shot down to near post was on Bernardo's left hand side, and Antonio's header. Oh no, it was Suchek's, um last touch, wasn't it? Um, that was but to that his left was, as well. Again, to his left hand side. I yeah. told you he can't dive left. Um, and expose it. That's his kryptonite. Here's the thing: is is a lot of West Ham fans uh, <clears throat> were were pulling apart Antonio for missing that last, like, like that chance that hit the post. Oh, yeah, uh, come on. It, most players wouldn't get anything to it. But I, I want to say it was Ben Rama lashed a shot across with yep. some venom, and it was going wide, and it was coming across quick. He managed to get something to it, which is quite unusual from where he was. If it had gone in, that would have killed the game. That your resurgence, even though. That would have been done. We would have scored six goals, but we would. I think your heads would have dropped there, going, oh, "I've got ten minutes to get two. This ain't going to happen." Um, mm-hmm. But the fact he, if he hadn't gone for it, people would have gone, oh, "Ben Ram was rubbish." Da da da. But because yeah, because he didn't. But I feel that was unfair. He, he got two assists, um, contributed well. The biggest factor for us, and West Ham fans will rinse me for this, is. I'm not saying by any means it was a bad performance. It was one of the worst performances I've seen from Declan Rice. Um, the things, that, and let me expand on that a little bit. Um, you, the, the simple things he does, the sweeping up, the tackles, the interceptions. He was doing them, but it, it wasn't as effective as he usually is. Um, there was a couple of chances that he missed and whatnot. The fact mm-hmm. that he didn't give up and even went on that surging run... Mm-hmm. Um, for me, shows why he should be the captain. Shows why he should be in the England team because there is a never say die attitude. He continues to work. Right, this is not happening. No one else is is performing. I'm going to take it by the scruff of the neck and go on a smashing run and have a shot. Uh, and all respect to him for that. But he he was having a a bad day, but his work rate make made up for it. Um, and that's all all we can ask. Because I was saying to to my other half um, that I was disappointed with his performance, but couldn't knock his work rate. So yes, he was having a bad day in the office, but he worked his socks off. I can't ask oh, it, we, can't ask any more than that. And that's exactly what I was going to say. We've we've said it before. 
we don't mind so much if the result goes against you, whether it be a loss or a draw. However, if you can only be, or you can, you can be happy, providing that your players have left everything out on the pitch. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, <clears throat> do I think our, our slow start was taken into account? Obviously, the, the, the North London derby where we played so well in, um, has it still been a bit of a hangover from that? Quite possibly, because we did um, the the North London derby. We then had Olympiacos. Yeah. Uh, granted, we did see some changes within that team, but I think certainly in that game we saw the the difference between the the fringe players and the first team players who who deserves to keep their places. Because against Olympiacos, up until we made the changes, we were fucking terrible. Yeah. Um, but again, we we did have some changes within this team, uh, sorry, against West Ham. The likes of Callum Chambers, I'm not knocking him. I think he was one of our better players. Uh, Pablo Mari came in. I was, I got to be honest, I was quite surprised to see him. But again, he's a player that needs to have games. Wasn't, wasn't the best we've seen him. David Louise, uh, possibly one of his worse performances that I've seen him for a long while. I think he's been fairly solid, solid up until uh, this particular game. Granit Xhaka, Thomas Partey. See, this is a weird one, right? Thomas Partey, I thought he had a terrible game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did see some stats uh, just before we come on the call um, where they were talking about he was first in uh, passes or uh, interceptions and stuff like that. And I looked at it and I was like, really? And it must have been just one of those games where he'd, he'd gone kind of like under the radar. Yeah. Because... For for me, like like I said, the, the standout player was for me was Callum Chambers. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Closely followed by Erdegaard. Yep. And then closely followed by Lacazette in in that order for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Erdegaard got the the um, Arsenal man of the match. Callum Chambers got the I think the Sky Sports man of the match. Uh, and I can't remember where uh, um, Lacazette got something as well. But for for me, certainly, I thought that was Callum Chambers for me was one of the better better performers. But that could be purely because the focus is on him because he hasn't played in such a long time yeah. that you're you're kind of drawn to him more anyway. Yeah, I I I, I do feel like there was a say. I I think for someone who hadn't played um, in such a long time, especially not consistently, um, he. Did really well, especially against a player like Ben Rama, who is very mm. sort of skills and whatnot. I think Ben Rama's problem is he kept trying to drift in midfield. With the, the 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 runs where he drove at Callum Chambers, he, he had him on toast. But say mm. there was only two or three of them in the whole game, and I think mm. personally he should have been instructed right. He's, he's there's probably no question in his fitness, but his match sharpness is. That's not something you can you can just get on the training pitch. That that is playing matches, and the fact that that they didn't try to expose that with run at him, use skill, use speed, because he's going to be a bit blinded by quick feet, quick passing, one twos, and and say just that sheer skill. Um, I think we missed a trick now, but this brings me on to my final point. You you mentioned you brought on obviously some good players. You bought on Emil Smith Rowe, we bought on Mark Noble. We bought on Ryan Fredericks, we didn't change their formation. You bought on Pepe, um, and I think that was it. 
I can't remember if we made any more changes or if you did. Um, but I think our biggest... Yeah, Martinelli. Martinelli, that was it. And when he came on, I was like, oh, no, here we go. But but the, the quality of the substitutes, I think, is where where the game changed. When we when we did start to see these changes, um, and Mark Noble is one of my favourite players ever. However, in that situation, do I want him coming on? No. Bring on Ben Johnson. Go to a five at the back. You know, uh, it's just more stability. I know. I know what David Moyes was trying to do. A bit of sort of experience. Put him in the middle. We're being overrun. We can't win back possession. But actually, he for your last goal. Your, the, the winner he didn't give away possession but he missed the, the, the chance to, to intercept the ball but then he ain't got the legs to get back he can't mm-hmm. do a 60 yard sprint and win the ball back it's not in him anymore that's not his game and it really does pain me to say and I, I don't want to say it but I don't think he should be playing anymore I know he's signed one more season um, and he, he did put out a really nice, heartfelt letter to the fans to say, I want to finish in front of fans. There's no way I can imagine not doing that. And all power to him. He's, he's one of my favourite players ever. But actually, when it comes to benefiting the, the club, at that point, we need someone to get another goal. Is he the person to do it? If we win a penalty, yeah, 100%. He's going he's gonna to put mm. it in. But I'll, we can't get the ball, so we're not going to win a penalty. Um, yeah. There was a couple of penalty shouts in there as well that didn't get checked by VAR. I know you had one, we had two, from what I can recall. I don't know if there was any more. Um, but, but, but even there, I think there should have been a couple of penalties in the game. Um, I just... Frustrating. Mm. And, and our lack of depth at the club is, is where our problem lies now. We've got we've started to get the performances um, and the confidence and and that never say die attitude. But when it comes to right seventy minutes, we need to change legs. Just say um, Antonio looked tired, Rice looked tired, Suchet looked tired. We can't take any of those players off. There is nobody to replace them. Mm-hmm. And that's where you come unstuck, I think, especially in a long season, and especially if we do get into a European competition where you're playing even more games. Yeah, we need depth. I, I do. I would like to see Connor Coventry, who's got his first international cap now, um, or call up for Ireland, come in. He's a, a young midfielder coming through the academy. Um, played with Declan Rice, and they they sort of dominated the midfield in the under twenty ones Premier League and on the other little trophies a couple of years ago. But bring him in as that sort of Mark Noble role. He's a defensive midfielder, and actually, he's younger. He's got more legs on him. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying drop Noble indefinitely, but time and place. Four nil up. Bring him on. We need a goal in a big game. That that again, we've missed an opportunity to push for top four because we've brought him on. Frustrating. Mm-hmm. And the fact we brought Ryan Fredericks on for what fucking reason? He's just returned from injury. He, he'd been training for two days, from what I've read and, and what the match stats were saying, before or the, the analysis was saying beforehand. Why have we brought him on? He can't tackle. But yes, he's quick. But what does he add to the team? Nothing. But why have we brought him on? And, and that frustrates me. Is, is 
And I, I want to say it's David Moyes' fault because he's in charge of the club. So he makes a decision on who's coming off and who's coming on. But uh, when you don't have much to choose from, what do you do? Mm-hmm. I, I would have bought on Lanzini instead of Fredericks. Um, and I, as I said, I would have bought on Johnson instead of Noble. Uh, and it didn't happen. Uh, I think that that was our chance. If I, I think top four has gone for us now, if I'm honest. Um, I would love to be wrong, but I think now we've say we we missed an opportunity against United. We we missed a golden opportunity against you, considering we were three 0 up. Yeah, we've got we have still got one game in hand. I want to say um, over Chelsea, but the goal their goal difference is too great, and I, I can't see them losing many more. Not really matter. So you are them. you are. Equal on games. Oh, equal on games. They okay. have got nine goals more than you, but there's only two points in it. Yeah, yeah. So, but if if we'd if we'd won the game, we would have gone level on points with them. But hmm. I, I can't see it, especially how tight it's getting now. Because between us and like eighth, this is that that gap's closing more and more. And I just yeah. I just feel like this might be the that might have been the game. Um, we haven't done it very much. I mean, last season we'd 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 dropped the most points from winning positions. We hadn't done that. We have hit the woodwork more than any other team this season with thirteen times, which thirteen goals can change a season. But hey ho, won't have it always. Uh, and I just I I don't know. I feel like this is the point where heads drop. Russ, I don't. I I wouldn't necessarily say so. I mean. It... It's, I think I think if you come away with a loss on that, then that could have been a head's loss. But it's not like you didn't have the opportunities. Because as you rightly said, there was there was two or three chances after you scored three goals mm. where you could have won the game. And I think luck was massively on our side at that particular point. And I think even certainly one or two of those chances, it was st- we were still trailing in the game. Yeah. So I, I I think definitely I can't see your heads dropping at all. I I think you guys are going to put up a massive fight towards the end of the season. I mean I don't know what your fixture run is like from now until the end of the season because we're like what nine nine games left. Yeah, I think we've got to play Leicester and I, I want to say we've got to play Chelsea. I don't I don't know. I might be waffling. Have a look. Um, I, it, here's the thing, Lacazette's volley i thought was wonderful uh from the angle you see it live i thought it'd, it'd wallop that turns out it was actually mm. going wide it hit suchek and sort of deflected in uh, and same with dawson if his clearance had gone over the bar rather than into the goal then it would have been a different uh, you yeah you can't uh, uh, that, and that's what i said about it. it was i think for certainly from our our perspective yesterday was a massive massive stroke of good fortune in terms of the goals that we scored, yep. but also with um, keeping out some of the chances right towards the end, as I mentioned. So for I think you hit the post a couple of times. Um, <clears throat> I, I think we just rode our luck massively yesterday. And so massively. It's, it's one of those things, a lot of West Ham fans were getting really, really mad about it. I was upset about it. And I was, during the game, I, I was annoyed. More of the refs officiating than than the team on what was going on um 
but it's it's one of those things you have to go it didn't go our way let's move on let's focus mm-hmm. on the next thing so so i'll read you our remaining fixtures there's some winnable fixtures in here um but usually when i say that that's the ones we lose um because usually west ham will go to man city and get a get a draw and then we'll play norwich the next week and lose 5-1 you know um we've mm-hmm. got uh wolves away leicester at home Newcastle away, Chelsea at home, Burnley away, Everton at home, Brighton away, West Brom away, Southampton at home. So what I'm hoping is uh, Wolves have gone missing a little bit this season. I don't know whether that's through having a long season because they did that whole run into Europa League, didn't they? Whether that's uh, Jimenez being injured halfway yeah. through the season, that's obviously the, the big effect. Leicester, I can't see us getting anything in that personally. If, if we can walk away from a draw, that'd be happy. Newcastle, we should beat. In the form we're in, the form we're in, we should beat them. Chelsea, a bit like playing Spurs, it's anyone's game. Um, mm-hmm. Burnley, difficult, but... If they're safe by that point, because there'll only be four games to play, if they're safe by that point, they've got nothing to play for. Players might go on holiday, so that could be three points. But again, it's going to be another hard game. Everton at home, I'd take a draw in that if you offered it to me now. Yeah. Um, Brighton at home, Brighton could be fighting for their lives, but again, they could be safe. So if they're safe, players go on holiday, could be an easy three points. Although last couple of times I've said that Brighton have walloped us West Brom I think will, will automatically be relegated by that point and I think we've, we've got them on toast um, and Southampton at home to finish off the season I think Southampton haven't really got anything else to play for this season have they they're, they're, they've got mm. the FA Cup so if they're still in that they're gonna that's going to be a ro- rotated team I, I would imagine to make sure all their first team players are fit for the, the cup final so again, could be another three points. So we have got points in us, but so we, well, I've just had a look at our games as well, and just with how inconsistent we've been. So we've got we're at home to Liverpool, and mm-hmm. do you know what? There, there's part of me with how inconsistent Liverpool have been this season. I would fancy our chances on that one. Um, again, now that I've said that, that we're going to balls that up. We've got Sheffield United away, Fulham at home, Everton at home. Newcastle away, West Brom at home, Chelsea away, Crystal Palace away, and then Brighton at home is our last game. Mm. Brighton, I think, is going to be a tough one. Crystal Palace away, I think that'll be a tough one. Chelsea away, we're going to get spanked on that one. West Brom, I think that will be one of those games. I would love us to win it, but I can see us, I can see them causing an upset on that one. Newcastle, I think based on their current form, that was a three points for us. Everton at home, I think it's a similar sort of situation to any other team that we've seen come to us. If they press us, we're fucked. Um, and I think if if we went out to Goodison Park, if we were going to Goodison Park, I would definitely say that's one of those games that is kind of like a bogey team for us. Yeah. Um, but possibly a draw on that game. Fulham, I think, is going to be an easy win, but not as easy as it was at the start of the season. And Sheffield United, I think that's easy win as well. 
Yeah. That, she, although Sheffield United did show a little bit of intent, didn't they, in, that, in their first half, and then they went behind and it all fell apart. Um, but I think before we move on to the second part of our 50th special any other business um no I have one and I think you might be quite pleased with this so you know for months I've been saying how lazy Sebastian Hannah is and how much he goes if the ball doesn't come directly to him he, he managed to swindle a move to Ajax, right? Scored on his debut and has done nothing since. The Dutch media is now calling him out for being lazy and stroppy <laughs> and not moving and throwing his arms about if the ball doesn't come directly to him. Um, but he's being called out big time by the big boys of the media over there. Um, and they're saying... We thought it was just a West Ham thing, but it's not. It's a player thing. Um, and a lot of Ajax fans are getting angry about it. And it really pleased me to say that I was right all along. <laughs> Little mini wave and celebrate. Yeah. Woo-hoo. It's, just, it's just one of those things. Uh, I'm glad we got rid of him. Uh, yeah. But the fact you're playing for a team that smashes that league every season, uh, that... that Produce these wonder kids who go on to do to go on to the biggest clubs ever, um, and the fact they do reasonably well every every four or so years in the Champions League, um, and the fact that you can't win in that team, you can't make it work, says there's something wrong with the player. Because I think mm-hmm. if you put me or you up top in that Ajax team, I reckon we'd bag ten goals a season each. I'm well happy with that. I, I, I really, I think there'd be very few people who wouldn't, especially like the quality of the team around you and the, the, the quality of the opposition. If stand on a penalty spot and just let the balls bounce off you, you're getting 10 goals. <laughs> you don't have to do anything, yet he, he can't even do that. Um, but yeah, that was my only other business that we were, well, I was right. He was. So all those West Ham fans who told me I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't really right. <clears throat> I think that wraps us up for part one of this special. We're going to have a short break and then we'll be back for part two. So, thank you for joining us for part one of our two part special of our 50th podcast. If we can get this podcast to 10 likes, we'll release the second half today. If not, it'll be tomorrow. Um, but until then thank you very much for listening I've been Ian, been joined by Mike and we will see you very soon